Welcome everyone to this episode of the Chronicle Weekly Report. I'm Anya Grindalski, the Chronicle's podcast producer. I'll be filling in for Lane and Christian this week. Here's what's in the news for Wednesday, September 28th. The Arnold Bernard Library at Quinnipiac University hosted a panel event featuring five scholars on September 21st to discuss the impact of banning books from libraries. This January, the New York Times reported books are currently being banned at a pace not seen in decades due to sexually explicit and LGBTQIA content. Vivian Quinlan, event panelist and graduate student in the Elementary Master of Arts in Teaching program, said banning books from libraries eliminates the opportunity for important conversations about topics like race, gender, and sexuality. Copy editor Jacqueline Pellegrino has the story. Quinnipiac University is no longer tracking COVID-19 cases on campus. John Morgan, Quinnipiac's Associate Vice President for Public Relations, explained that since the majority of testing on campus is self-administered, the university does not monitor case numbers. The news has made some students concerned about the potential for a COVID-19 outbreak on campus. The CDC lists the five major Connecticut counties as having medium transmission levels. Chief Epidemiologist at Hartford HealthCare, Dr. Ulysses Wu, said in a statement to The Chronicle that another spike in cases is likely to to occur as the weather gets colder. Quinnipiac University's School of Education has a staggering lack of diversity, according to the university's annual equity and inclusion report. For the second year in a row, the School of Education is the only school at Quinnipiac with no full-time faculty who identify as underrepresented minorities. While the university is displeased with the results, Dr. Mordecai Gordon, professor and chair of the education department, said the lack of diversity could be explained by the school's small size of 13 full-time faculty. Gordon also noted there is diversity within the part-time faculty of the school, which was not disclosed in the report. The school is planning to offer two new faculty positions that will prioritize URM candidates in the future. In a press release from September 20th, Quinnipiac's Student Government Association announced the result of its fall 2022 elections. A total of 1,305 students cast votes in the election, marking a 19.2% turnout rate among undergraduate students. The class of 2026 elected J.P. Donato political science major as president for the 2022-2023 academic year. Read more about the results and the campaign platforms in this week's issue. In Arts and Life, the drama surrounding Olivia Wilde's film Don't Worry Darling sparked global anticipation for its release on September 23rd. While it may be worth a casual watch, contributing writer Zoe Leone has mixed feelings about the movie. The iconic cast, including stars Florence Pugh, Chris Pine, and Olivia Wilde, gave an amazing performance, but Leone says the beloved pop artist Harry Styles' performance fell short, with forced chemistry and overacting throughout the movie. Described as a feminist, female-pleasure-driven story, the concept of the film was fascinating, but Leone argues it completely missed the mark and Don't Worry Darling is not the extravagant psychological thriller it was advertised to be. This week, Arts and Life editor David Matos spoke to the captains of Quinnipiac's Kickline team. Kickline is a student-run dance organization that perform high-kicking skill routines similar to the Radio City Rockettes. Keep a lookout for the team's performances at basketball games and other school-sponsored events this year. Popular American rapper Young Gravy released his newest collaborative single, C'est La Vie, on September 23rd. The track is the second single from Gravy's upcoming album, Marvelous, and Arts and Life editor Neha Sinaran describes it as the perfect spring break hit for college kids, despite its fall release. Like all of Gravy's songs, the lyrics lack complexity, but that won't stop Sinaran and other fans from pumping their fists to its enticing beat. The song features artists Baby No Money and Rich Brian, who seem to be a perfect match for Gravy. While Gravy's music has been popularized on TikTok through viral dances, Sinaran admires his casual persona, which remains unchanged by fame. This week, contributing writer Jonathan Perez spoke about the Marvel Cinematic Universe's announcement of the shows and movies that will make up its upcoming Phase 5. 
Unlike Phase 4, Phase 5 will consist of two new Avenger movies, a new Captain America installment, and a sequel to 2018's Black Panther. You can read more of Perez's article in this week's issue. In opinion, most of us have that one piece of content we consume for comfort during the times of high stress or anxiety. For sports editor Ethan Hurwitz, it's Billy Madison, the 1995 film that gave Adam Sandler his shot at stardom, and he's watched it nearly 40 times. Hurwitz argues rewatching comfort shows is not something to be ashamed of, and it can actually have positive impacts like easing our minds and forging stronger relationships. According to Psychology Today, there is no better way to connect with someone than over a bond of a movie or show. Hurwitz says that even though we cannot connect to our favorite celebrities on a personal level, we can allow their work to impact our mindsets in a positive way. Contributing writer Zachary Carter has a bone to pick with the app Be Real. Be Real is a social media platform that sends users an alert once a day to take both a front and back photo within two minutes of receiving the notification. According to Carter, the app fails in its mission for authenticity, due to most users not posting in time and instead waiting until they are doing something they feel is worth posting. He feels this makes the app counterintuitive and useless, feeding into the idea that people have become too reliant on social media. Contributing writer AJ Newth says cutting ties is sometimes the best choice when dealing with toxic relationships. Newth says the decision should not be taken lightly and can be brought on by various factors like abuse, financial issues, toxic behavior, drama, or excess negativity. And while many believe family is blood, Newth says negative relationships with family, friends, and partners are all fair game to cut ties. According to MindBodyGreen, pulling the ripcord in negative relationships allows you to rediscover who you are as a person, develop positive emotional skills, improve self-love, and find new sources of happiness. Newth reminds readers that they're worthy of happiness, love, and support, and deserve the peace of mind that comes with cutting ties. In sports, with a 4-5 record, the Quinnipiac field hockey team is off to its best start since 2018. Despite this, the Bobcats' next four games will test their limits as they go against three top 20 ranked teams and their rival, Yale. Opinion editor Michael Araka says these games are pivotal and will show if the Bobcats are true contenders to compete for the MAC championship. In this week's issue, sports editor Cameron Lavasser gives a rundown of what to expect for the ECAC hockey season. Lavasser remains confident the title contenders and Lake Placid hopefuls will hold their own, but the teams shouldn't get too comfortable on top, as Union could be ECAC hockey's ultimate wildcard. And on the lower end of the totem pole, Lavasser says the bottom feeders will need nothing short of a miracle to make it to the top of the conference. Read more about what's to come in ECAC Hockey in this week's issue. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Chronicle Weekly Report. I'm Anya Grindelsky. Be sure to pick up this week's paper or check out our website, qchronicle.com. We'll see you guys next week with another episode.